Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. This is our show for Sunday, January 7th, and it's about a carryover in the Coast to Coast Pick 5. Nobody picked five yesterday in the coast to coast. So we're here today to look at some added money. Host fail right off the rip. I don't have that exact amount in front of me. Perhaps the man on the show with me does. If not, we'll stallify and dig it up for you. It's all, You've already seen it because I'm sure by the time I write the show description and title, it'll be in there. But anyway, I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, coming with you from the Gallery 55 part of the uh, the place here in Brooklyn, upstairs from the Brooklyn Bunker, and joined by a man coming to us from the planet Texas. He is Jonathan Kinchin. JK, what's up? What's going on? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying my hardest, uh, and I don't quite see it yet um, <laughs> on this carryover situation. Don't worry. They're going to know uh, already. They're going to know already. Yeah, um, it's, there's, there's in the carryover today, see, it's just a technical issue. Carryover today. That ain't nothing, folks. And it was funny how it all went down. Unfortunately, the Limehouse got messed up because of late scratches. Now, they were correctly made late scratches, obviously. I mean, the vet was concerned about what was going on with the the one horse who reared up in the stall and then the big favorite, Valiant Force, coming out. But then a fascinating thing happened. Internationally, after all that Michigas, and I was on Sky, so I was seeing the international prices. Uh, Ship to Shore became a very big favorite, something like six to five. And in fact, since that's what I was watching, that's the horse that I assumed my money had gone had gone on to. And I was like, okay, I'm in good shape now because I, I still wanted to have some stealer mischief on my tickets. But Ship to Shore just became a very obvious horse after all all the scratches on the tote market. The, it went the other way. Steeler Mischief was the six to five favorite. So I just ended up with more sevens and no threes. No good. Granted, didn't matter the way the rest of the sequence played out. But I did think that was funny. And, and I thought it was a case where it was very likely some big betters decided that they wanted Steeler Mischief to be the favorite. Um, and, and perhaps because of investments they had in, in, in other pick bets, but I just thought it was fascinating. If if that favoritism goes the other way, I have a feeling somebody would have hit this and there would be no carryover. So at least we all get to come back here on Sunday and, and play once again. I know you were running around on TV yesterday, JK, but did you have any thoughts on, on the racing to share from uh, from New York or elsewhere? No, I mean, nothing that really necessarily stands out. I, I will say this, though, you know, just taking into account that that that, that market – you know, I think you're looking at the international market and with a couple of horses involved in the race that have, you know, pretty heavy international resumes, there's always a world in which that this race was viewed completely different across the pond than one might view it on this side of the pond, just based on, I mean, I know that they both ended up coming out, but just the, 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 the way in which the betting started and the way the race was looked at and, and all of those types of things. Yeah, I was following it straight away, and they, 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 you know, they were as enthusiastic about Valiant Force. It was just such a strange thing to have uh, to have all those horses uh, to have all those horses come out, and it did it did flip. I mean, they're those international pools. They're worth they're they're worth paying attention to sometimes. I think just as a data point for people who are trying to figure out where the tote prices are are going to land. But it, it was very interesting how. When Valiant Force was in the race, Steeler Mischief was 
was a solid second choice. And then when Valiant Force came out, there was the old the old uh, flipperoo, which proved to be correct because uh, Ship to Shore able to waltz on the lead there. Anyway, pretty funny that it was only a four horse race, and we end up with a carryover, um, even though that was won by a five sixty uh, horse that paid five sixty. But we're back today to try to do the important work of hitting this thing. We start off at Gulfstream Park in there ninth race which is stakes action for three-year-old fillies the glitter woman we've got seven going postward and i think maybe the most interesting question in this race jonathan and it relates to a horse that i'm sure you were going to talk about anyway since uh, she's owned by our pals at uh, black type thoroughbreds but caress major speed figure difference you don't often see as much speed figure difference as you do with that last race that december 3rd race from aqueduct with on time form her looking like the Philly to beat, or at least the co-Philly to beat along with Into Champagne. And then on Bayer, maybe looking like she's a little bit too slow and Into Champagne looking stronger of the two. I'm going to probably just try to use both of them, but let's start very specifically with your thoughts on Caress. Yeah, um, look, I, I I have no problem with Caress. I mean, she, she makes she makes a lot of sense in here. Um She's she did get a fast number. You look at all of her past performance. She's, she's always kind of close to to red fraction. She cost a, she caught a a sloppy racetrack last time. She gets to cut back a little bit. There's a lot of things pointing in, in in her direction there from a speed figure standpoint. But she does have some some pace to deal with in some of these other horses. Let them watch the two horses. Going to give a little bit of pressure. And then okay. uh, even the one into Champagne. Uh, but you get Julian Leperu, so you'd like to think he's probably not going to send away from there. I, I'm going to kind of get started with a pretty significant opinion on this first leg. And, and this is, a, it's all budget dependent, right? On what you can do here. I'm going to single the one into champagne as a single a, and then I'll use the two, let them watch and the seven caresses B horses. And the reason I want to single the one into champagne um, anytime he can get a call out, even though he has nothing to do directly with the situation, it's always good on this network, but it's kind of the divisive arrow theory, right? Where like <laughs> you have a, a trainer who does not, I don't want to say doesn't do well because it's not something I think he tries to do well. So if he you're wins, not trying to win, I'm not gonna... out with certain horses. He wins when they're bet. I actually did a full numbers on Wilkes on this recently. And when they're bet, they do well. And when they're not bet, they, they, they do worse than you would even think. You know, it's one of those things where he has the club in his bag, but he just doesn't always use it. Even if you look at his, 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 his just, you know, his percentages in different categories, right. Throughout his career. Um, you know, overall he's a 13% trainer first off a layoff, 13%, second off a layoff, 14%. Um, you know, he's a second time starter, 10%, uh, maiden races, 12% lace first lace six, 11% first blinkers, you know, 8% first time starters, 4%. He just doesn't do it well, unless the horse brings him there which is exactly what happened with Divisadero, which is how, you know, I fell in love with him is because he, he, he kind of ran through that, that stat that wasn't, uh, wasn't necessarily a positive stat into champagnes had some time off. Obviously he knows how to get, uh, get her ready. Cause he got her ready to win first time out. So he knows how to get her ready off of a break. I, I just think that there's going to be a significant improve from into champagne. And if there's an improvement into champagne, I think that it's going to, uh, it, it's going to be a, a tough one to beat. Um, I'm going to single A her and then use the other two as Bs. What do you do in that situation of caress where, as you say, the number's so good and competitive on time form, but on buyer, it, you know, j just too slow? How do you how do you decide which number is right when you're handicapping? 
Well, the best way to do it is just to, is 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 hopefully you have enough time in between races and you can see how horses have run out of it and what their figures were. Um, I don't have a I trust it. Right. I trust it for two reasons. One, the red fractions to me indicate that it was a truly run race. Right. So you're not going to get some false number off of a weird race or a pace. It was a truly run race. They actually ran around there. And then the winner, Leslie's foot, Leslie's loot, excuse me, came back and and went from a 104 time form to a 109 time form. So she improved Mm -hmm. five points, which which makes me feel like, okay, dang. I mean, if that, you know, all the numbers are connected. So Caress ran a 102 or 103 you could reasonably think that she could even take another step forward off of that. Where does that put her? So um, she's drawn well. I think she absolutely can win, but I can't get away from, from the opportunity here in, in a race where it looks like three horses can win. If you can narrow it to one, you really are picking up some equity. Excellent answers. I'm still going to use the seven and the one I mentioned with caress. I, I did the same exercise that you did investigating the figure. I went and looked at the buyer for that uh, for that horse that came back and ran and it did run 10 points faster coming back on the buyer scale i'm gonna go with the time form number that's gonna make me go with caress i like the fact that she's the outside most drawn speed into champagnes on all the tickets though too um my concerns were uh, the barn's been a little chilly at the meet um and the rail with Leperoux, I just I'm, I'm worried there's room for the trip to get tricky. But boy, if you just look at the figure that into Champagne ran and you build in some figure improvement for age, she could win for fun. So seven one for me, one for you with two seven as backups. And let's head out to the great race place, Santa Anita, race number four, where we've got an allowance with six horses going postward. And this was another one for me, JK, where I was like cursing myself as I was watching uh, the football game last night and and going over here and trying to come up with something clever to say. And I just kept rotating back to the favorites. I thought that the one Goliad might be the best speed for a very hot trainer in Dick Mandela obviously needs to ration out that speed more efficiently than in the recent runs, but really stringing two races together for the first time in a while. I thought Goliad looked just too obvious to ignore. And then I thought that the six Crosby beach looked proven at the level. And I like the fact that uh, Crosby beach has a complimentary running style to the top pick. The Glatt barn been absolutely flying at the meet as well. Take these, the two fastest horses with hot barns, the one and the six for me and Santa need a four. How do you see it? Any more creativity from you? No, this is a pretty easy one for me. Um, one, two, three, and six. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just use those uh, equally. Um, I think the one and the two, the two good speeds, the three can come from out of it. The six can be kind of wherever you need them to be with Flavia and Pat, Pat Pratt um, drawn towards the outside. I don't know if I saw Glatt, and, and I try to say Glatt and Pratt at the same time. When I got on that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no strong opinion here outside of the fact that I feel like I've locked it up with those four, which also might seem extremely obvious to a lot of people. Well, whatever. You're surviving and advancing. And when you're dead singled in the first, you can get away with something like that. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll put that down like that. No, it doesn't sound like any top pick, any grading. It's one, two, three, six for you. I don't hate the idea of including the two and the three if I can afford it in some places. But I, in that case, I'd be pressing the one and the six. For leg C, we go back to Gulfstream Park, a race we actually talked about on another show in this one. And it's an interesting little race. Uh, the other show was the the, the all-turf pick three because this race is part of that. Uh, three-year-old fillies made in special weight ranks. We're going a mile on the turf. 
And for me, Calispera, who's just a neck from winning the Group 3 in France, seemed like uh, the obvious one to go ahead and put on top. It's been 122 days, and the post isn't great for this uh, Lynch trainee. But uh, but but I, I just thought the form edge was too much to ignore. I was interested in the six-runner Pendulum, the other Brendan Walsh runner. Just looks like a horse on paper. Might be ready to break through having the top figure of the North American runners. And that was earned without a particular setup. I also thought that Positive Carry, the nine runner, another one of the favorites here, but uh, Irish bred runner looked very, very obvious. Uh, has to come back off a three-month layoff, but just an obvious contender. 10, 6, and 9 were going to be on my tickets. And you had you had spread beyond that on the other show. How have your thoughts evolved about this race, or, or have they evolved? Yeah, I mean, this is another spready opportunity. One thing I will say is that the workout report is now available. So there's a, a few more clues in here that we didn't have when we did this earlier in the week. Um, you know, I want to have the two El McGeeth. I, I want to have the five Shore War. Um, I'd like to be in a, in a pres- position where I could press up horses like the six Pendulum, uh, who's who's getting Lasix for the first time, and Positive Carry, another one that, uh, you know, I'd like to make sure I keep on side in here, who, who I thought ran okay last time. And then the 10, Calispera, who's got uh, three works on the turf, all rated very well in the DRF workout report. And, uh, and like you said, has some back class as well. Drawn a little bit outside. But on December 6th, worked with a horse named Hammerstein, who, who won first time out. Or not first time Ooh. out, but broke his maiden last time at Gulfstream. Um, was a slow number, but still, nonetheless, you know, two-year-old turf figures can be slow from time to time. But the fact is, it's a maiden special weight down at Gulfstream uh, in December two-year-old and a winner. So uh, I, I think Calispera is really probably uh, one that you want to make sure you have. I wouldn't single this horse. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, there's a lot of signs that could lead to possibly doing something like that. I wouldn't do it. I think that there's too much meat in this sequence to do something like that, but uh, I definitely want to use. You had mentioned Lady Madonna on the other show as well, the 11 runner, that war front uh, for the lows. It, it, did you see something in the workout report to put you off, or is that one going to be on some tickets as well? Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's funny, you know, doing that without the workout report, it, it's, it's, it can be a little bit tricky. Um, I can use as a B horse. The problem is, is that, I've is this sequence is requiring me to spread more in other legs than the, than the other sequence was. So I had to kind of crack some eggs. I will say this in the workout report four works back on the turf, lady Madonna um, worked with El McGeeth and they worked head and head. I just felt like if I had to pick one of them, give me the one who has the better draw down towards the inside. I felt like that helped quite a bit. You get Johnny stuck outside and you get Oshin Murphy down on the inside. Give me Oshin Murphy down the inside. Oshin's been riding well, and and on dirty, the 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 two bagger the other day at the, at Tampa. That's been uh, that's been that's been fun to see. Am, am I right that the John Panagot's been helping him out down there? Yeah, no, John uh, JP does have. He's got uh, he's got his book and a new baby, so he's got a lot going on. <laughs> That is an awful lot going on. Um, Let's go back out to Santa Anita for leg D and E. We start off in Santa Anita race number five. We've got an allowance race going six furlongs on the dirt here. Um, And a race where I was going to try to, to, I was going to try to make a case that the seven 
good vibes was pretty interesting. One of these things where the recent run, now coming off a layoff, the recent runs looked to have plenty of excuses. And there's some back races really good enough. And I think this horse is going to be an okay price. So I thought good vibes only was a reasonable alternative to the obvious Baffert tactical speed favorite number two, Elwood Blues. I was thinking 7-2 to the hoop. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at Elwood Blues and you look at the pace figures and the final figures, I don't necessarily trust Elwood Blues, but it does feel like, you know, one that you can kind of trust, one you can lean on. Like I said, he's got those early pace figures that that, that show some grit to him. Um, but he's been working with a horse that doesn't isn't like a he's been working with 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 hard to figure. Right. And so hard to figure it isn't the most overwhelmingly interesting horse when you look at his speed figures. So to, no. to, to fully trust Elwood blues is, is hard. I, I need to use the one and the two Desmond Doss on the inside who who's got some nice numbers, got some tactical speed. If Elwood blues kind of clears away from there, I think Desmond Doss could end up kind of right in that pocket position. Um, and there's a couple of races. If you look back that race, August 26th and the race on May, my eyes are playing tricks on me. May 27th, 27. the triple bin. This horse just ran well inside. You know, like if you watch those, it's been some time down on the inside. So I don't think that's necessarily going to be a problem. So I'm going to need to use both of those. I, I almost singled Baffert. And and I see your idea with, with good vibes only, but it's just going the wrong direction for me, which is just a little bit of a problem. 300 days off though. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like if he was coming back in 30, 45 days, I, you know, I'd hear that. I just, I feel like this is such a do over with the 301 days that, that I can get away with it despite the horrible looking, you know, you, you just look at the raw dope and it, it does look, you know, the last two races, seventh by eighth and six by 11th. But I think that's why the horse is actually going to be four or five to one. So I'll take my chances, but I'll take another look at your Desmond Doss as well, because I think we're both like in this situation where, we don't trust Elwood Blues, but we're not particularly willing to lose the out on the sequence if he wins because he is he's such a likely winner. It's as simple as that. And if we can have some stuff elsewhere, uh, I still think those tickets could be uh, could provide equity. It's not like it's not like Elwood Blues is going to be some three to five shot. You know what I mean? Where I would then want to play against him. I think he'll be a bettable enough favorite that I don't mind having on many of the combinations in here. Sequence closes out also at the great race place. Race number seven, starter allowance, going a mile and a field of nine going postward in here. For me, I this was another one. I, the, the, there were just two runners. I found it very, very hard to get away from. One, number seven, Sanger, the pace angle in this spot. But then, of course, I think the Sanger seven's out. Time. I think the seven's oh. out, Pete. Oh, the seven's um, out. I, I think so. I think it's one of those like kind of those, you know, those California early scratches where like yeah. they don't even show up in the past performances anymore. I didn't see it in I did. Time form does not have that. But if you're seeing that, then uh, then, yeah, well, that changes the pace situation. But even with Sanger in there, Mega Moon was able to run Sanger down last time without the benefit of a particular setup. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is a situation where I just sing single Mega Moon and uh and, and hope to get alive to this. I mean, the horse looks like a standout to me. And at, you know, five to two on the morning line, maybe not going to get completely bet off the boards. I'll look at it again with the eye towards maybe finding else out something, you know, maybe a horse like Golden Eye moves up now as a potential pace angle. But I mean, he's just so exposed. One for 14. I don't know. I think I'm just going to take Mega Moon and, and call it a day. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about, I mean, 
I, I, he's not showing up on the past performances that I'm looking at that actually kind of group together the coast to coast races, but I don't see on their website that he's a scratch, but I've seen this before. So I'm not, I feel, I don't, I don't know. Let's leave him in. I'm going to leave him in the notes, Sanger, but be warned folks. Take a, take a look before you just double check. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. Um, I don't know why I'll double check somewhere else as well. Uh, look, I, I, I'm spready in here, so it doesn't make really make a difference. I guess if he's in, I'd use him as well, but I thought he was out three, four, five, six, and eight for me. I, I, they all kind of look the same. Mega moon is, is just running second quite a bit. And the numbers are, are right in line with horses like St. Ignacio, the four. Um, I look, I'm a huge fan of Jonathan Thomas and, and him sipping, shipping one out to the West coast kind of an East coast type coming out West coast, getting on the turf for the first time. You know, I'm always going to, to, to give him a shot here and, and, uh, ammo racing, giving a lot of horse to Simon Callahan and, and, and got Frankie Dettori and I, they just all look the same to me and, and whoever, and that happens a lot though. And these kind of these, you know, I think in stakes races, it's easier to find standouts when it comes to the grass, but like in, in allowance races and claiming races, they just all kind of look the same. Cause if, if you were if you were an exceptional allowance horse, you would be running in stakes. But if you're that cut below type, then you're going to run in allowance races. And that's exactly where they all show up. And they all look exactly the same because they're right under that threshold of being able to be good enough to compete in stakes races. So uh, I, I would need uh, I would need to spread it as much as I can there. And in my opinion, in the first leg of, of being pretty aggressive and singling, I, I think awards me the opportunity to uh, to try to tie up some races in which I don't have the strongest opinion. I think it's uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to see how it plays out out of the track. Yeah, these starter allowances are always it's always a little bit tricky, right? Because you're dealing with you're dealing with these horses who come from the maiden claiming ranks and trying to figure where they where they class up and how they class up. I, I I'm deciding to give Mega Moon the benefit of the doubt here and, and leaning in that direction. But I feel like if you don't do that, you got to do what you did and and, uh, and 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 spread. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm excited to take a swing at this thing. Great for them to get this carryover early. We'll have this on with the NFL in the background. You're gonna be uh, you're gonna be punting the NFL at all today? No, I'm just I'm gonna be uh, just hanging around watching. I'm on air, so I got I got that I got that going on. I'm excited. I think the Buffalo Miami game tonight will be uh, certainly interesting to uh, in- interesting to watch. If not, uh, if not wager on, I wanted to bet Buffalo there, but I feel like the, there's no no real juice in the price, so it's probably just to sit back and and watch. I think I told you I've got my I've got my Super Bowl Quinellas, so I have a de facto root for in in that game uh, to, to to put Buffalo in the in the two spots. So that that'll be my probably my lone action today. Going to get a bunch of work done try to set up the week for success. You and I will be back midweek with a look at some derby stuff. Going to be doing some things with video. Should be a lot of fun. Hopefully folks will check that out on our YouTube channel. Tons of free content also over at inthemoneypodcast.com or if you search for in the money media wherever you get your podcasts. For Jonathan Kinchin I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos.